0: Let's
1: start your Miami Sports Podcast with what everyone in South Florida is talking about in the sports scene, and that is the Panthers' winless start as they have struggled and not, are not playing well.
0: I really thought this was going to be the year. I thought they would get off to a hot start. We were talking with guys from that 90 oh, team. Oh, stop! What the- are we talking Russell about? Also,
2: Luongo, that oh. injury on opening night, that's not what... what Let's not even kid ourselves. Everyone's talking about the
1: Miami Dolphins. Four and two Miami Dolphins. And the Brock-tober that we got on Sunday. What? What? You? David's so excited his headsets fell off. <laughs> well, I, I,
2: I was going to say Hard Brock Stadium, and then my headsets. Oh, the fell puns off. Are, the
1: puns are endless with Brock with Brock Osweiler. But in a game which I think the Dolphins had in the mind of many no business winning. Uh, no chance of winning, and then finding out the morning of the game that your quarterback is out, your starting quarterback, and you have to stop Brock Osweiler, a guy who's bounced around the league and struggled everywhere he's gone, and is a guy that everybody thought was just, oh, this is just an Adam Gase guy that he knows and he's comfortable with, but if he's ever pressed into action, he's going to be terrible. Brock goes out and throws for 300-plus yards, three touchdowns. Yes, he had two interceptions, I get it, but otherwise really managed the game well, did not get sacked, and somehow – They knocked off the what were three and one Bears, and the Dolphins Clay are four and two, right at the top of the AFC East, and still in the middle of this playoff picture despite the fact that they didn't have their quarterback and all these other injuries. I was
0: going to say, when you said that they had no business winning this game, did you mean before the game? Did you mean when Mitch Trubisky threw the touchdown pass that was called back because of offensive pass interference? Uh, or did you mean after the fumble on the one-yard line that became a touchback and after the Bears crossed midfield and decided to settle for that? So there were so many points in this game when the Dolphins could have lost it. Mm-hmm. And, and look, I, I think you, you do have to give them credit, as we did the first three games, Games for being resilient and for for coming back when it really looked like they had no shot to win but amazingly a game that they won in dramatic fashion 31 to 28 in overtime is taking a backseat to this quarterback story and I, yeah. I thought it was it was so strange how Adam Gase answered the questions about it after the game how irritated he was to even be out answering the questions mm-hmm. and and it that made me wonder exactly why was he irritated about yeah, it
1: that was odd you know and to those who haven't heard it we have it over local10.com but i mean we will we'll break it down for you basically gase when asked by the media after the game about hey what's the deal with ryan how's his shoulder what's the injury simple questions he wasn't necessarily being pressed on anything that 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 was groundbreaking just hey how's your quarterback and what's up with him gase was like i'm tired of talking about this guy and that's actually what he called him this guy i mean that would be a starting quarterback david i don't understand <laughs> (laughs) Why there is such this sense of, I don't know, defensiveness that he has over, hey, how's your starting quarterback, which, by the way, is the most important thing for any
2: NFL team. This is a a philosophical approach I have to life. It's very simple. I don't know if I've ever said this to you, Clay, but this is just something I think about. The truth is simple. A lie is complicated. So the truth is, hey, coach, how's your starting quarterback? The truth could be, we don't know. The truth could be it's very serious. The truth could be we're waiting to hear back from a doctor. The truth could be this just hit me this morning. It could be a million things. A lie is uh, HIPAA. You know, when you start yelling about Florida law related to injuries, which it's true, if you do give away medical information is private in the state of Florida, that is a fact. But and it does Gase, apply.
1: It does apply in the NFL. This is correct.
2: What what's so strange about it is Gase's reaction is drawing so much more attention to the matter because I I think any fan, any reasonable fan. Even a fan who just turned on the TV at 1 o'clock to watch the Dolphins game and went, hey, where's Ryan Tannehill? That's that's the number one, that's the first question that any fan has on their I'll mind. I'll tell you what, Calvin so, Hughes,
1: our anchor Calvin Hughes, uh, asked me right away, he's like hey, what's up with Ryan Tannehill? Because he had been following the news this week, and, and I told him, I said, oh yeah, he, he came up, his shoulder's been bothering me for a few weeks, and, and he's not playing.
2: So it's, it's a very simple, straightforward question. Adam Gase had to know his starting quarterback was out, didn't play in a game. What happened to him? It was not asked in an antagonistic way. It was not asked in a sarcastic way. It was a media press. It was. It was, and it, it was. Yeah. It was just like, hey, what? What's the story? What happened to him? And to, oh, this guy, and he was just so mad about it. It was so bizarre, and it, it just. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but. I feel differently about how hurt I suspect he might be based on that answer than before that answer. Before that answer, I was like, okay, well, maybe he you know, gave it a go and his shoulder was sore. After that answer, I'm like, something feels like it could be going on. I'm not going to speculate, but it yeah. sure feels like it, right?
1: I'm not a doctor. I don't play well on TV. I don't play one well on the podcast. But I will say this, Clay, and we talked about it right after the game when we were doing our Facebook hit, is that he had the injury three weeks ago, re-aggravated against Cincinnati last week came into practice this week and then had to be limited because per case, it got worse as the week went on to the point where he woke up on Sunday, went out there and couldn't go. That doesn't sound like a shoulder that's improving to me when the injury originally happened three weeks ago.
0: And, and throwing okay. shoulders when they get hurt don't typically get better without some sort of rest
1: treatment plan.
0: Right, yeah. right. And, and, you know, we don't want to talk about operations, whatever, but something needs to be done in order to get it better. And, and Duke, you want to go back to, to what you just said about how Adam Gase answered the question and how it changed how you how serious you thought the injury might be might be might be might be might be yeah. I I don't know that it changed how serious I thought the injury might be it changed to me my thinking of of what the circumstances might be surrounding the injury like was was this Adam Gase angry answering the questions or was he was he angry at the media for for asking the questions which typically that is not his style by the way Ad, Adam Gase and I'm fortunate enough to be out there quite a bit. Adam Gase, uh you you have you have to understand the type of relationship that he he builds with the beat writers that are out there. He treats everybody uh he treats everybody like you would treat your your friends sometimes at a, a, when you were in college. It's- smart Alec responses um, but not not from a place of anger mm-hmm. like if he gives you a smart Alec response it's it's probably because he likes you respects you like that's just kind of how he approaches things it's him it's why he and Jay Cutler get along so well they were both smart Alex um, this answer to Armando Salguero who typically is someone that he he answers questions with those smart Alec responses but but still respectful This wasn't
1: sarcastic this This, was
0: he was mad yes this was anger this was frustration and and to me that was that was out of character for him because I don't typically see him angry because he's being asked questions I've seen him angry when asked about for instance problems last year after the Baltimore game and he went after Jay Ajayi and was basically saying look Ajayi's not 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 doing what the play is called for um This was something different, and it made me wonder, okay, was this a situation where the doctors told Adam Gase that Ryan Tannehill couldn't go, or was it that Ryan Tannehill went to Adam Gase and told him he couldn't go, and and Adam Gase is sitting there thinking, okay, well, why did I find out about this on Friday? That's what it changed to me was the circumstances surrounding it potentially.
1: Our sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. And I promise you, there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years for the best deal in South Florida, the best service. Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Who are the Miami Dolphins? What are the Miami Dolphins? Do we even understand? Is it a team that, you know, because on one end, we say to ourselves, well, the Dolphins' defense was good again today. They gave up 28 points. The Bears, especially in the second half, they scored 28 points in the second half, but especially from that from halftime on, we're moving the ball with ease. And let's face it, if the Bears don't get conservative after that Drake fumble in overtime and actually try to like throw a pass or run an RPO or something and get Trubisky out of the pocket and running or a quick little pit pass like he had been doing for the entire third and fourth quarter, they likely have a chip shot field goal to win that game. Instead, they got conservative and turned into a 52-yarder that was missed. This defense... Wasn't great in the sec in the, in the whole scheme of things. After that second half, they didn't necessarily offensively. I, I don't want to say they were bad, but obviously they weren't great either. The the two picks they needed. Albert Wilson big plays. So is this just the formula that the Dolphins are just going to win these games? Where it, it, like in those first three weeks, hey, Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant, go make me some crazy play on a five yard pass and. Come up with a big turnover somewhere like the Dolphins did early in the game. Is that the way this team's going to win this cardiac kid kind of way? These games is that just what we were used to?
0: Yeah, it's what happened in 2016, and I think that's probably going to be how they win games. Crazy formula. And I think unfortunately, what we saw the last couple of weeks before this is how they're going to lose games. And it's why you could see them at the end of the year be around 500 or even two games above 500, like nine and seven, and their their point differential will probably be negative because I think that's kind of who this team is that. They'll win games by 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 one score, uh, but they're going to lose games by a lot because the talent level mm-hmm. is just is just not there. So what I found interesting though in this game is I think the glaring drop off between Bobby McCain and this game it was McTire, but but how how much different this defense plays when. That that piece, that second cornerback is that. Xavier Howard is mm-hmm. outstanding. It's really hard for this team to make up for the difference in the drop-off when you're missing in this case McCain. I, I also think the pass rush was non existent at played times. No no Cam Wake. Yeah, you know, yeah. You've
1: already had the injuries to Branch and Hayes and all these guys all year long.
0: And that's that can't be swept under the rug with this. I mean if we're gonna talk about injuries to the offensive line and, and kind of use it as, as a reason why Ryan Tannehill didn't play very well, you have to look at that defensive line and man, some of the losses there are far greater than and oh by the way, this was after you got rid of Indomican Sue. Already, you cut Jordan Phillips and Hayes gets hurt, who was by far your best run stuffing defensive end, and he could kind of kick inside of it. So the injuries that I think they've suffered, a lot of credit to them for bowing up and, and doing what they needed to do. I do think if McCain is going to be out for, for any length of time or if Cam Wake's not going to be, that's going to be a problem moving forward, especially you got to go up against Matthew Stafford next time.
1: Yeah, I, I find myself asking this all the time, Dookie. And, and today, you know, you had the, the picks. You had the big play by Kiko Alonso forcing a fumble as well. You had the pick after a touchdown that would have made it 28-13. Uh, they go right back to the end zone. And you had the pick by McDonald. I mean, the defense just finds a way to make these plays. It, it is a bend-don't-break defense. There's no doubt about that. They're not, especially with those injuries, Clay talked about, a pass rush, uh, heavy pressure the quarterback defense right now. They just, the personnel isn't there for it. It is a bend, don't break, create the turnover defense. Can the Dolphins keep winning games like this? Or are we going to be looking at a team where in five, six weeks, and obviously depending what happens with Tannehill, we could be looking at a team that's in a playoff race?
2: It's a break, don't shatter. Which I, I it's it's an even more extreme. That's I've never heard that before. You know, That's really I mean, good. I mean, if you watch, the answer to that question is I have no idea. I, I watched that game intently, and I, you know, Jack Buck's famous call. I can't believe what I just saw. Mm-hmm. I was I don't know what I just saw because there a were half a dozen times. because there were so many gigantic plays that on their own would be it that would decide a ball game the swing between where the bears looked like they were about to go up 28-13 and there was the pick call and then Trubinsky throws it into the end zone and gets intercepted that is a gigantic earth-shattering event mm-hmm. dolphins make that happen then the dolphins go down and score the kenyan drake fumble okay frank Gore was fantastic we talk. We talk about the Dolphins' defense line. How about the Dolphins' offensive line? Yeah. Did you say the name Khalil Mack today? Other than no. when he went under the tent. Yeah. So you got to give the Dolphins' offensive line a lot of credit. Yeah. And Frank Gore was fantastic. Thirty-two yard run in overtime puts you right on the doorstep. Third and one. I mean, I understand he was tired. But dude, the play call, shotgun handoff to Kenyon Drake. Who some weeks, some weeks you don't don't even trust him. Some weeks you don't even trust him to get a carry. Here you're going to trust him with a ball game, and then for Kenyon Drake to put it on the turf like that, I mean, that that should be a wrap. I mean, that's that's it. The Dolphins should lose that game, and it almost looked like they were going to because the Bears counterpunch. They drive down the field, and then for some ungodly reason, the Bears decide, you know what? We want to try as far a field goal as possible. We want Cody Parkey to make it dramatic his return to Miami, and they get as conservative as conservative can be. Boom! They go ahead and miss the kick, and then Drake, to his credit, somehow comes back as a force on that final drive. I mean, there were just so many decisive mood swings in this game. But you ask, is this the formula for the season? Look at every win. I mean, if, if Clay just if, look at two seasons. If ago. if you go back and. Seven of your and, and, and three of your wins all are the craziest games you've ever seen, then maybe you're the type of team that wins the craziest games you've ever seen. I don't know how you recreate that formula. I don't know how, how Adam Gase put some shows in the film tomorrow, which would be Monday, and says, all right, guys, when Detroit comes in, we're going to make a really crazy game. So here's the big mistakes we're going to make, and here's how we're going to respond. But, and this is something, Clay, you've talked about a lot on this podcast, Adam Gase said he had a high-character locker room and that he liked his guys.
1: I mean, no, let's I, mean I mean, I get that. I'm all for culture and character. Looks as somebody who covers the heat a lot, a culture, character, all that stuff is important. If the Bears don't get conservative, none of that matters. You know no, I mean? I, or if he, uh, ma- or
2: if he makes a kick. But for, I mean, specifically, Kenyon are, are Drake. Are you okay? By the way, Did, you what just happened? Your headsets
1: and kick the desk. I'm not sure. You know, what's it's going on it's here.
2: been uh, it's been it's been an interesting. You know, I, let's. I mean, if we talk sports, the, the Yankees were knocked out this week, which was no. I mean, bad what, news. What, no, just, no, oh no, that that hurt tremendously. I'm in tremendous pain. I might need an ambulance. Yes, I uh, <laughs> I want to just acknowledge it because
0: if someone heard something on this podcast. Yeah, I, I inadvertently
2: loud, thud, crossed it, my leg
0: somehow things and are kicked the gas. Up. I'm listening to the Miami Sports Podcast and someone's trying to break into my home. Let yeah. me go no, yeah, that was yeah. just Dookie maybe. kicking the table. So uh, oh, yeah, Maybe it was
1: you opening up your new Verimotors automobile. Our sponsor today, Verimotors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you, there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Verimotors. Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines.
2: How do we go from Tannehill's injury to me getting an injury?
0: I, 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 was... I think there's some sort of karma there. Uh, <laughs> real quick, Will, because going back to your question about winning these games, and you mentioned I, I mentioned point differential a couple years years ago because I just wanted to double-check this. The Dolphins finished at 10-6, and six with a minus 17 point difference, They were four games over five hundred and negative 17 in they're, point differential. By the way, they're
1: negative 15 right now. They're minus 15 in point differential. And they're 4-2. And, yeah.
0: and, and, yes, y- you give them credit for eking out wins. I just think, ultimately, if we're talking about the state of the franchise, I think that speaks more to where the talent level is on this team.
1: Can I let, – let, I'm going to kind of bring it all together as we get to the last portion of the podcast this week and – and, and you know, we look ahead and we talk about the 4-2 team, we also look at a Hurricanes team that, that lost a brutal game at Virginia. We have two situations that could be called quarterback controversies. Are they? Who should be starting? Are we making too much of this? Or is there legitimately controversy here with the two main football teams that we follow in this town?
0: The Hurricanes have a quarterback controversy because Mark Richt made it one. And look, I know Nikosi Perry was not playing well in that ballgame at Virginia. He hasn't
1: played well today. He was 13 of 32 against Florida State. Nicosi Perry has not looked good. No,
0: because. and that's, that's fair. I think the issue that I have with this is you know your young quarterback is going to take some lumps. Mm-hmm. And... I said this back when he started the North Carolina game. I said I looked at the schedule and I liked the progression because you start off with a relatively easy game at home, a North Carolina team that can't get out of its own way. And so Perry was able to make a couple of mistakes, still win, hopefully learn from it. The next game was Florida State. Rivalry game, but a team who was struggling. You have that game at home, though. So if things are going wrong, then you can lean on that crowd a little bit, lean on the momentum, and then find a way to win. This was the one that I really liked to see what he was all about because you're going on the road, not a really hostile environment because all those tailgaters, they go out and they they drink wine at halftime at UVA. They have wine and cheese and they don't come back. But at least you're on the road. You can't lean on the crowd. Problem is that that Richt didn't really allow him a chance to work through all of that. And I think if you have a young quarterback, if you want to figure out by the end of this year what you've got with Nikosi Perry, because look, Malik Rozier isn't going to be here. So you need to figure out what your quarterback yeah. situation is going to be. Even if you lose this game to Virginia, which they did, which but even you if did, you yeah. even if you lose this game with Nikosi Perry, I don't see Virginia being the team that wins the Coastal. Maybe they will because the Coastal is just dreadful. But use that loss, so to speak, but use that game at Charlottesville is a teaching moment for Nikosi Perry. Let him lose a game. And I'm not saying you want him to lose a game, but let him learn. And instead, you pull him out of the game, you hurt his confidence, you... I get what he was trying to do in winning the game because Perry was playing poorly, but I think you got to lean on that young quarterback, let him learn, let him make some mistakes, and this would have been the perfect opportunity to let him try to work through it again.
1: It's the right answer. You're right. I mean, look, if you're going to really look at this big picture, this wasn't like last year where the Canes were an undefeated team and he ended up, by the way, pulling Malik in in that game against Pitt that they Mm -hmm. ended up losing. But this wasn't like the last year. We had a top ten team. You had a team that had already lost. You had a team that had already made a decision to go with a different quarterback. So why not stick with that quarterback? You're absolutely right. But as I was watching the game yesterday, I was looking at or on Saturday. I was looking at as a cumulative thing. Nickosi Perry, since taking over the starting job, has looked really inconsistent to me, which you would expect from a young guy. But at times, the inconsistency I think hasn't come from a talent issue. It's come from a – I don't know if he's very comfortable with the system issue. I don't think Mark Richt has comfort with Perry to expand past just a handful of plays. And when those plays work, you see the athletic ability. and the comeback, he did throw four touchdowns against Florida State. I mentioned that 13 for 32, but he had four touchdowns, had a couple money throws that we talked about last week on the pod. You mentioned North Carolina as well. When he made a mistake, he bounced back. He looked lost in that first quarter against Virginia. His passes weren't even close. He was making basic quarterback decisions look difficult he was not seeing guys just in a regular coverage and throwing in the basic coverages right into the arms of of, of opposing defenders that was a concern I think Rick really felt look my defense is not going to give up more than a couple of touchdowns in this game which they didn't They gave up 16 points Malik will go out there we'll run the ball we'll make some plays offensively we'll score 24 points we'll win this game and then we'll reassess Nikosi. it backfired uh and I think he needs to go back to Perry at this point, especially after losing. But I don't want to crucify Rick's Rick, I should say, for that game because I really think, Dookie, I would have gone with Rozier at that time too given the body of work Perry had shown in the previous few games.
2: I would like to play the result completely. <laughs> and based on the fact that Miami lost, I think it was a bad move. Now, had they won, I would probably praise him for making a good move. What I don't understand about it is... It's not just a rivalry game. Florida State was later in the game. So the Canes were down 27 to 7 in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Perry was equally bad. Maybe he was a, maybe he was a little more turnover prone in Virginia, but he was as bad. And Rick gave him that vote of confidence. He stuck with mm-hmm. him. Then all of a sudden that snowball started between the turnover chain and boom, he he made he completed 13 passes, four were dimes for touchdowns, mm-hmm. okay? Which was enough. Barely, but just enough to get the Canes a win. Now, in Virginia, who looked a little better than I think some people thought. Definitely an emotional. I mean, found quarterback
1: who couldn't throw the ball.
2: Right. Well, that yeah. was a problem. But I'm talking about defensively. Yeah. Defensively, they looked. I mean, Miami looked bad, but their defense didn't look very bad. Being a hokey, by the way, I,
0: I I cannot root for anything Virginia. Not root for. I root against everything Virginia. It is in my soul. I'm impressed by I was impressed by their defense. So so
2: backing you up, they're a lot better than
0: I thought they were going to be. And that's hard for me to say, but I think they're good.
2: And and so I I just didn't quite get—and again, this is strictly based on the result. Uh, It was in the first half. So in the second quarter of a game, which was very close— you're you're gonna you're gonna you know have that quick trigger. Which is which is which is relatively nothing. winnable. Yeah, it's a ten point game versus a three touchdown game in the second half against your rival. If ever there was a time where you needed the veteran for poise, it was when that when FSU returned that punt return and mm-hmm. took the twenty seven seven lead. But richt put faith in Perry, Perry paid it off. In this game, Richt took away that faith from Perry, uh Rosher comes in, is meh. I mean, he he did kind of Malik Rosary things at the end of the game. He got that one touchdown, and then my God, the penalties! Those two penalties at the end of the game were were about the dumbest penalty. I, the the one penalty where the defense had to stop, and there's two and a half minutes left, and that's it. They're kicking. You're going to have the ball down six with two and a half minutes and and a timeout left. And just a late hit was just unconscionable. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't usually crush college kids, but that was a really, really, that was dumb. really dumb play, yeah, that and that dumb. that just destroyed Miami. Mean, never got the ball back.
1: Yeah, and I will say this to to Rick's. I think the criticism of Rick shouldn't be in the switch. It's, hits his play calling. He brings in Rozier, who we know, we've seen enough of Rozier to know he's not an accurate passer. Sure, there are times he'll hit guys over the middle of the field and throw a an nice pass. He had a couple on Saturday that were solid passes. But his ability is to run the RPO, to, to run the ball himself. To fight. We saw you mentioned that last drive where he had the nice run where he broke free. Rozier's the kind of guy that could really do damage with his legs, especially in a game like that. Uh, why not use his legs more? He did it. Rick didn't call those kind of plays. He didn't give Malik a chance to run. When he made the change, I thought, great. This is great. You know why? Because he's been trying to throw deep and force things with Perry. Maybe now with Rozier, he feels like he could calm it down, throw the screens, the runs, and then Rozier himself running. And it never happened. It was that last drive where that play happened and Rozier got in the end zone. There were three minutes left in the game. Where was that from the second quarter till then? A lot of that play calling... I don't understand what Rick's – this thing that he thinks that every play has to be a bomb or that every play – just because you have playmakers doesn't mean the playmakers have to make plays 40 yards down the field. Look at the Dolphins. Get – like Albert Wilson, get Jeff Thomas the ball – five yards in space, and let him go. We never saw that. We saw bombs to Cager and and Thomas and trying to go deep, but we didn't see those little quick passes placed. And then later in the game, when you finally saw some movement, it was on screen passes to Homer. So this uh, to me, Rick, just had an awful game plan. Credit to Virginia. They did a good job defensively, but the Canes had much more of a skill advantage at those positions that they didn't take advantage of, and I think a big reason why it was Mark Rick.
2: I think that's a good point. I think it's also interesting, going back to the quarterbacks, so the first game you watch and you're like, man, Rozier, LSU, it would be interesting to see what Nikosi could do in this point, and what happened to him against LSU. He was suspended. So now you have two quarterbacks, but you don't really have a quarterback if you're the Canes, and you're like, gee, I wonder if this Cade Weldon kid's any good. And now he's suspended for four games. But I think the bigger picture program view of this is, of all the choices that they have right now, and we haven't seen Jaron Williams, the freshman, so maybe he's the answer, none of these guys are at the level where the Canes are going to start competing where they want to be. None of these guys yet. Now, maybe Nikosi Perry becomes that, but right now, when I look, I mean, if Malik Rozier is replacing you, if, if the coach has more confidence in Malik Rozier than you, you're not at that level. I, I, I thought Nikosi could get there a week ago. I, I I feel they have a break that they don't play for thirteen days. They play Friday they don't mm-hmm. play this week. They play the following Friday at Boston College. That's a tough game. Mm-hmm.
1: Um Okay, so uh, guys let's put it on the spot before we get back to the Dolphins quarterback question. Who do you start if you're Mark Rick in that game?
0: Perry. It's gotta be Perry.
1: Dookie?
2: Yeah I would start Perry. Hey, I I
0: just I would too I, real quick before we move I, I wanna go back to your point about the play calling. The quote that Mark Richt had after the game that made me uh, kind of raise my eyebrows a bit was he he said something along the lines of, yeah, we've been running a lot of these plays for the last 30 years and they work. Man, I I just... I I get where he was going with that. I think the problem is when... When you started off as an offensive coordinator at Florida State, and we're we're going back what 18 years now, mm-hmm. and and no no I'm sorry I want to say it was 1990 so maybe it's all the way back then. So, you know, you you give him a ton of credit because he's done really well in that position previously. The game changes so much. Just a little. Over it, a thirty year span. Yeah. But I, also
2: if people are criticizing you for being unimaginative. Right. The it, good exactly. defense is yes. not I yes. ran the old yes. I yeah. ran the old four horseman play it, that it, we yes. ran in the eighteen hundreds. If, if yes. I have a
1: good show, I'm not telling a bad show, I'm not telling people listen. When I first started in 1999, I had a great show. I know what. So I'm doing. yeah, we've yeah. been
2: running the exact same f- show for the last 20 years. Like you, you, you gotta well, it, it,
0: and look, how often are we challenged in in our uh, in our line of work? And and it's something that I think we all embrace, we all enjoy. But hey, uh, be innovative. You know that that's one of the biggest challenges. Or just do something different. Yeah. Do something different. Do something new. Uh, get with get with the times right i, I mean you see us so we're doing personnel. a podcast
2: use your personnel if right, you're doing, doing a podcast and people are, are paying close attention kick- Your knee right up against the table. (laughs) Clearly, that word, but injury.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, but we're doing a podcast. I mean, we do we do social media stuff. I mean, back in 1990, that that doesn't happen. And I and I understand there are certain tenets about the game that that don't change. Blocking, tackling, don't turn over the football. football, If he wants
2: to run the victory formation every week, that's right. I think Canes fans would be fine with it. I. I, It's just you know. You get it. and, it And the the defense. Look, the defense had enough turnover chains.
0: They, oh, they they're, they're they only give six. Up sixteen. They points? give up
2: sixteen points should be enough to beat Virginia.
1: Ninety-nine percent of the time.
2: Especially with the skill players they have, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna comment on one more play just because this is something that I thought was interesting. Travis Homer's pretty good. Okay, he's a pretty good running back. I was shocked, shocked that his best play of the game was his worst piece of footage for his potential NFL career. He had a huge breakaway where he was in the clear, nobody on his screen. Now, that ESPN broadcast was funky, so maybe maybe someone was closer to him than it looked. But he was breaking away where I'm going, oh, this is a touchdown. There he goes, touchdown. And he got caught from behind at Virginia. That's, uh, that's I mean,
1: not— I mean, Look, he had a big—it was a 65-yard run or whatever. I mean, come on. Should have housed it. Yeah, it, They shouldn't have uh, turned the ball over three times. Uh, no, I, 20- I, I
2: know. I, I'm criticizing the guy who had the big play, but— he, I I thought that was a house call, and no, I was surprised I, I, he got I get caught. It.
1: Listen, so we all agree, Paris. Do we all agree that that Ryan Tannehill, if healthy, should get his job back? Yes. I, yeah.
2: Well, I you know what I think is very Wait, can interesting. You say yes or no. Uh, of course, coor- <laughs> yes, of course. But real quick about that. Yes. So I looked at the schedule. Right. So they have Detroit coming up next Sunday. Then they have a short week where they have to go to Houston, which I think makes things even more interesting because if ta- if Tannehill doesn't play against the Lions, now you have a short week. On the road, I mean, we could be talking about Tannehill missing. I mean, best case in theory, it could Bro- be Brock back in Houston. It's. It, I just think it's a very interesting. Yeah. It's not like a normal. Like this is the patch of the schedule where things get weird, which I think is kind well, of interesting. Got
1: the Jets after that, I, I, right? By the way the Jets are playing some decent football, they've won a couple games in a row, uh, and it's a division game. I think the problem with this question is it's a little loaded question because we don't know if Ryan is going to be yeah. healthy. I think if healthy, yes, but what are the odds? And Clay, we talked about in the beginning, what are the odds that Ryan Tannehill? whatever shoulder injury he has, whether it's AC joint or AC in his house or whatever it is. AC green. AC green. Whatever it is, is going to be just fine, pain-free, mobility not an issue and can throw the ball with no issues and no no pain in seven days and 14 days and 21 days. I
2: don't, I don't know. I'm tired of talking about this guy. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> this guy, my starting quarterback, <laughs> it, it means for starting my course. first place football team, I don't want to talk about the starting quarterback. health. You talking
1: about that woman, you know, your wife. That,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's, that goes over. Yeah. You know, in all seriousness. Not if I want to go home. <laughs> in all seriousness, Jeez. I don't. Now, I mean, first I have a knee injury. Now I'm on the couch. This is the worst podcast nice, ever. Nice job. In all seriousness, going back to what we said, pretty much close to the outset. It is hard to imagine a throwing shoulder injury getting better in just short spurts of time. Yeah, that sounds like something right. to me that is going to take a little bit more time. It, it, you know, it, we can't do anything but speculate, so let's make sure that we're we're getting that out there. But whether it's AC joint, you know, Bam Adebayo had an AC joint injury, and he came back just fine, just sprained. Bam Adebayo well, is not a starting yeah, NFL quarterback. Yeah. So I, I just think with a quarterback when you're gonna be using that arm so often, it's it's hard to envision any anything that is that or more serious serious getting better
2: over a short period of time. Also, they said that this in, the initial injury happened against the Raiders, apparently. Yeah, three weeks ago, yeah. And then they said that it was re-aggravated during the fumble. When I went back and was thinking about the plays where Tannehill got seriously hit, the play where I thought his shoulder got messed up was as he was... as I guess that I guess it's technically the fumble. As he was throwing across the field, the second of his basically pick sixes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just don't know... If that's why he was making bad plays, like like because we I think we all agreed that he cost the Dolphins the Bengals game, okay? Mm-hmm. That they were up seventeen nothing, they were playing well, and his mistakes, physical mistakes, mental mistakes, that really weird interception, the fumble he was trying to go across his body, how much was that impacting him? So if you get Tannehill back, okay, let's suppose that he comes back either against Detroit or comes back against Houston, if he's going to be playing at the level he was towards the end of the Cincinnati game because he's impacted by it.
1: Because he's hurt. Yeah. Right.
2: That, I'm, I'm not talking skill. I'm not saying, listen, all things being equal, who do you want, Ryan Tannehill or Brock Osweiler? Obviously you want Tannehill. But the question is, at what percentage are you getting him? Because yes. we, we the, the the media, the fans, nobody knew last week, nobody knew he's been hurt since the Raiders game. Nobody knew that he was he was a diminished Ryan Tanner. We know he played like garbage in the second half against Cincinnati. We didn't know he was hurt. Now maybe you can give him credit, hey he didn't make any excuses. But the question is if he comes back quickly, and here by the way, Will, here we are again. Okay, we were in the same boat two years ago where it's like does Tannehill have surgery? Does he not have surgery? Should he come back? Should he rush himself? We're going to go down the same road again because there's going to come out reports. It's going to be about the extent of the injury. It's you know Maybe it's a question of just rest and rehabilitation. Maybe it's... Who knows? And maybe that was Gaze's frustration because... In 2016, we talked about it before the playoffs because he got hurt two two games before the playoffs. In 2017, we're talking about Tannehill because he got injured in training camp. And here we are in 2018. Once again, we're talking about Ryan Tannehill, which, if you think about it, it's kind of interesting because what was the one thing Tannehill had going for him before the first time he got hurt?
1: Durability. durability, He
2: never missed a game. And now, all of a sudden, this is the third straight year where Tannehill's missing games, and you're starting to go, what's wrong with this guy? But, Clay, it's good because they can get out of his contract this year, right? Oh, yeah. Don't get
0: me going on yeah. that. Please 20,
1: go. 20, that's 20, the whole point oh, of this. We talked about last year the twenty million that's owed.
0: Yeah, but real quickly, I, they could have let him go for nothing. Basically, at the end of this year, they restructured the contract. Which, in fairness, they did use that free agent money to bring in Albert Wilson, who's been very, very good. Use the money. I, I believe they were able to get Robert Quinn because of it. They used that money wisely. <laughs> but it sets back a potential rebuild with a new starting quarterback uh, because they're going to owe Ryan Tannehill, I believe, it's $13.4 million next year in dead cap hit money if they cut him. So that's, that that is is the— Is it
2: only next year? Is it a one-time yeah. deal? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So for $13 million, get out of my life? Yeah. Yeah,
1: but that's a cap hit. That's cap. not $13 million. That's 13 on the cap. That's yeah. the problem.
2: Yeah, So That's
0: it, the issue. Yeah. It's counterintuitive, uh, but when you convert money to a signing bonus, um, you would think that, all right, so Tannehill's getting all that money up front, because signing bonus, because that's what they did with this. Um, but but what that really does for cap purposes is it spreads it out. So whatever they convert gets spread out to the rest of the deal. Which in this case, I, I want to say it was three more years. Um, so whatever is left on that is accelerated whenever he is cut. So if they had accelerated that, then cut him a week later this year, I think they would have owed him somewhere like $25, 26
2: million Next year, it, it would be I think thirteen point four. So this one goes to both of you guys. I'm going to ask one. Does what happened today with Ryan Tannehill, all of it, the fact that he didn't play at the last minute, the fact that Gase had the reaction that he had, the fact that we don't know what the heck's wrong with him, the fact that this is now the third straight year we're sitting here talking about Ryan Tannehill injuries, does this exacerbate what we've been talking about for months and months and months and months that the Dolphins should have in some capacity found a better quarterback behind him to push him?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think yes. And 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 this is not tooting oh, we, our own horns. We thought that it may. Right. And that's what I was. Going oh, to this I, no. Not, this
2: isn't. This isn't looking for a victory lap. Right, this is right. just sort of reiterating that this is the. Pro, this is because this. The, you know the the the. This isn't a team problem. This is a franchise problem. It, Will you just yes. got back from a Giants game? If your quarterback ain't right, your franchise ain't right.
1: No. It's and that's the, the bottom line. I mean, we we all said, look, Ryan Tannehill's going to be the starting quarterback for the Dolphins this year. That was clear, but. Why not bring in a young guy to groom in in an emergency like this, bring him in? And then also groom for the future. It was a mistake. It well, was absolutely a mistake. It's been a mistake for a few years now.
0: And I'm glad you brought up the Giants because this is something where I think you say something like this and, and uh, some portion of the fan base says, oh, you're just being negative. You just don't like the team. You don't want... No. W- you and Will love the Giants. Like like with every single ounce of I your being. To. And you have said... Yeah. <laughs> but you, you have said the exact same thing about how they handled Eli Man, As great as Saquon Barkley is, you have a chance to get that quarterback. And so I go... Back to what Chris Greer said the night of the draft, immediately after they got Minka Fitzpatrick, comes out and addresses the media, and he said, "Yes, we explored moving up into the top ten to get a quarterback, but the price was too high." Well. Arizona Cardinals were able to do it and and potentially get the guy that you really wanted by jumping right in front of you. So if you weren't willing to pay that price that they were, and oh, by the way, you were drafting higher, so it probably would have cost you the exact same, if not less, that's on you at this point.
2: I mean, the don't hurt the quarterback's feelings is not a good policy. And the teams that adopt the don't hurt the incumbent quarterback's no. feelings policy run into problems. Well,
1: look, for now... The Dolphins are forward to and I think that's the bottom line. Is Isn't that, that crazy it's, how it's, negative this yeah, has all been? <laughs> I don't I don't want to be negative because I actually I haven't been that negative because I think the AFC is awful and I think the Dolphins can stay in this playoff race uh, until the end of it. I think they can really truly be a wild card contender or at least within a game or in that mix in the final few weeks, with the way the defense plays the bend on break, with the ability that now and then Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant make you these big plays either on special teams or receiving. And with whoever is at quarterback just protecting the football, running Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake, I think it's a formula that the Dolphins can win nine games. Maybe if things fall well the way they did a couple years ago, 10 games. Yes, that could easily see them winning just seven games. Yeah, if things don't fall their way or if injuries continue. But this is a team that at least has us interested at this six weeks into the season. I don't think a lot of people thought that for this team. I don't think a lot of people thought this team would win four games all season. I think you and I, we all thought six, seven, eight wins. Yeah. They're halfway there to the eight, you know, and with some winnable games coming up, and then the schedule tightens up and. We'll see what happens.
2: You can't, and you also can't trash every team that they beat. Like the Bears came into the game with the number one yes, defense yes, in the NFL, yes. and they so, shut down uh, Khalil. Mack. Yeah, yes. they shut down Khalil Mack and put up thirty-one points. Yes, so that's not Yeah, we can't. It's we enough. can't do this every week the, where they beat a team where we're like, well, that team wasn't that good. Because no, the no, Bears no. are legit. The legit- Bears are good. good. Trubisky's really good. They have some really so is
1: Trubisky. They're
2: both. Yeah, good. both of them. However you say his name and uh, Cohen, very Cohen very, and Cohen. Cohen and Cohen and and. Goldman was made a play, and they have good players. The distinction that needs to be made
0: as we wrap this up, to your point, is the the talk about Ryan Tannehill and moving forward there is an organizational future thing. This team, all the credit in the world for going out and winning the games that they have. This team right now with Brock Osweiler as its quarterback, mm-hmm. with Tannehill for the first three wins, they did what needed to be done. You give them a ton of credit, and i like to see them healthy. This team, lots of credit Curious to see where it goes from here, yeah, I, but Detroit, the organizational issues of Detroit are still
1: there. is a game that'll give them matchup problems because Matt Stafford's a very talented quarterback. But I still think uh, they're in a position where they could be five and two guys going yeah. to that 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 short week. Trublinski, Uh and since Lang, since he's ending the show, let's hit the hill. Mic drop,
2: literally. Things are flying. He's Mike bra- Paul. He's. I'm questionable for next week and every other week.